it actually, it's literally like people can feel it. You know, they can read that post and they will just know it's the craziest thing. And I have no idea how that works. I mean, I believe in the energy transfers and all that, but you could present the same exact post with the same caption and be really into that post that day versus not. And it will perform differently and you will grow differently. And I think that's the hard thing about when people message asking about how you grow and there's all the obvious things there's the engagement there's consistency there's all those things that are important so we're not saying like me and you both would not say like oh just only post when you feel like it so post like one time a month <laughs> but at the same time you cannot just force these things because people can detect it and i swear that the times when i actually grow is when I share authentically and when I just feel called. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. My name is Emily Feichels, and I started this page to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen. Like most people, I'm a curious soul and love to chat with my guests on all things health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I hope you'll stick around for a time or two. And with that said, let's thrive. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Let's Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and this is a place for holistic storytelling of real people and their journeys to help you thrive on life. So today, we have a special throwback guest on for round number two, and it is the glorious Mallory Page of Mal's Fit Kitchen. As an RD2B content creator and YouTuber, Mal has lots of advice, education, inspiration, and empowerment to share with us all. So buckle up, it's going to be a good one. But something that Mal said, and we discussed greatly in this episode, and for a good half an hour after recording too, is this idea of connecting to your why. You know, when it comes to Instagram or work or any passion you have in your life, just remembering why you started, why you're doing it, why it matters to you. And I've been thinking about this a lot because sometimes it's easy to get swept up in the numbers game, the comparison trap, the allure of money and status and following in this online social media world. But speaking with this, you know, to Mal and with others in my community as well, has reminded me that reality check, that's not what this is all about. And I think we all fundamentally know that, but we sometimes need a reminder. So consider this your reminder and my reminder as well. Now granted, I'm not saying that I'm in this for the wrong reasons or you are or anyone in particular is. I just think that, like I said, sometimes we need a reminder, you know, just like somebody to shake us and remind us why we're in this. And, you know, I just think that sometimes we might fall a little in that direction. So for example, I found, this is so random, but true, If I get on Instagram, like, anytime after 8 p.m., I always somehow find myself comparing. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, like, nighttime semi-depression, but I get on, and for some reason... Okay, you know what I think it is? Is that I get on at night when I'm not doing anything. So it's kind of like, instead of just maybe sitting down to read a book or relax, I'll just take a break from working and get on my phone. And I get on, and I see what everyone's been doing in their day, And then in that very moment, I'm not doing anything. 
So somehow that correlates into comparison, but... But anywho, anyway, instead of getting upset over how well someone else is doing or what they're doing, I should be asking myself some hard questions, like, what could I be doing better? How can I provide my audience with more content? Why do I care about the numbers so much, huh? Yeah, no, they're hard questions to answer sometimes, but I think we all need to ponder them, you know, if those thoughts do come in. And if we could all just do a little bit better with, you know, not comparing as much, not looking so much at the numbers, and not focusing on what others are doing, but more so on what we are or aren't doing is the key to the equation, I think. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but to me, I think it's kind of like, the, like I said, it's a two-way equation, if that's making sense. You know, you've got to balance out the sides of what am I doing, but also what am I not doing? So, like I said before, something that I could do a little bit better of is planning content ahead of time. So, that's something that I'm not doing currently, you know, so I don't know. Throw some math skills in there and you can balance out your equation and be happy, I suppose. But, you know, and this is just relatable. Whether you're online, at work, in your personal life, you name it, you've got it. And so, I have a challenge for you. I'm throwing this in here right now, right here, spontaneous AF, but it just came to me before recording and I want to add it in. So, a friend of mine once said that the best remedy to comparison is support. Meaning that when you feel yourself in that low energy of comparing, complaining, not feeling good enough, you know what I mean, I want you to openly support someone else. Whether it's a friend, family member, social media account, small business, etc, etc. I want you to send them a message saying why you love and support them. Or what I like to do is if they have something such as an Instagram or YouTube, I go and you know, comment or I rate and review their podcast or I do something in that end or I just share them in my Instagram stories and I tag them and I give a little caption on why I appreciate them, why they inspire me, you know the drill. And you know what? It's just the best dang feeling in the world. It gets you right out of that low energy because when you're supporting, uplifting, empowering, loving on others, you can't stay down in that low energy. You can't help but smile and feel all good about yourself, all cozy inside, you know? So do that ASAP either right now as you're listening or later. Just just remember to, okay? I'm holding you to it. And let's consider this my supporting moment of the day for two things. One, today's guest, Mal. As I said before, she is just a busy bee, an RD to be content creator, YouTuber. She's always busy, very smart and inspiring AF, and she's just been my sounding board my go-to source of advice, friendship, and laughter for a couple months now, and I just feel endlessly grateful for her. And I will admit, the first 10 minutes of this episode are a bit more fun and laughter-inducing <laughs> as we chat on all things cats, computer issues, and life updates, but that's what happens when you get two friends together recording a podcast. I mean, shit just flies, you know? So after that, though, we dive real deep to discuss bloating and body dysmorphia Instagram strategies, finding your niche audience, your authentic voice, and creating content that really matters. Then we go into the world of YouTube and the humbling experience of starting a project from scratch, plus how it's led her to develop some time management skills, which we do discuss in the episode. So keep note of those. 
and much more. You know, it's just a long conversation, but so worth it, trust me. And best yet, Mal and I are both super fans of this brand known as Ancient Nutrition. If you know, you know. So we decided to host a little giveaway to support them and thank you guys for listening and being such amazing people you know, just supporting me or whether you're supporting Mal. Either way, we both love you, so consider this a big thank you from us. Now, all you have to do to enter from the podcast side of things is go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rate and review for the show. In your review, mention something about Mal's episode, what it taught you, what you liked, you know, I don't know, anything, honestly. Just mention Mal's episode And then I'll know, and in two weeks from now, I'll be picking a winner to get one tub of Ancient Nutrition, either chocolate or vanilla collagen peptides. You choose. So good. And if you can't leave a rate and review, you know, you don't have Apple Podcasts, I understand the struggle, you can also enter through our Instagrams if you'd rather do that. Find Mal at Mal's Fit Kitchen and me at Emily Feichel's both linked below, and just look for the post about ancient nutrition. It'll have directions there on how to enter, and you can still win a tub that way too. And the reason we both decided to go with ancient nutrition is just because we freaking love the brand. I mean, we actually talk about them in this episode because A, the brand has amazing morals and standards that we both absolutely love, and B, their products are freaking amazing. They're like these vanilla and chocolate peptides are next level. Like, if you want to up-level your baking game or any, you know, kitchen game, food, object, you know what I mean, these are the way to go. I make these cookies with the vanilla collagen peptides in them, and oh my lord, if you could smell them baking right now, you would double over and hunger pains because you'd want them so much. And no, I'm not being extreme. They're that good. So, Go enter, win yourself some free goodness, or go buy some if you'd rather not, you know, enter for free stuff. But personal preference, I suppose. (laughs) Either way, just thank you guys for listening. Feel free to share this episode on your Instagram stories with friends, family, anywhere if it resonates with you, and let us know your thoughts. Mal and I love connecting. We love communicating with you guys, so hit us up. And don't forget to check out Mal's YouTube at, or it's, you know, you search Mallory Page on YouTube. So worth it. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Mal. That's the thing is it's like, I feel like I'm always paying, like what I want to pay for is my time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I can just easily import, like same with, I got the new camera partially because of quality, but also because my old camera, I would have to import the video, download the video, transfer it to a different type of file type, then I'm like, no, I don't have time for this. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to buy the other camera. That's a way better investment. So it's just like, I feel like it's the same thing. I want to buy a new MacBook soon, but (laughs) your girl doesn't have money for that. So (laughs) I know. I'm like, honestly, I'm like, I could, I'm like, I could fly to Florida for like a week or I could get a MacBook. (laughs) Literally, I'm like, I could buy a, like a plane ticket to Europe, or I could, you know, get another MacBook with the storage I need, which is like 6,000 gigabytes, (laughs) because I have so many damn 
folders and oh my god and I even have a hard drive that's the sad thing too well video or like audio for me it takes up so much space because it's like so much space you have like files upon files and you want to have things like backed up and yeah I'm I'm like worried it's just gonna crash on me soon Oh, yeah, same. My computer definitely has, like, a virus right now, and I'm the person that, like, puts things off until, like, the last second, or I'm proactive, but, like, my boyfriend is like, we're taking in your MacBook next weekend, because it, like, literally has a virus. Like, it will shut down, it'll restart, and it'll go to, like, the old Mac screen from, like, back when you were literally in, like, freaking elementary school, and it'll be like, your password isn't recovered, like, make sure to type it in now, and I'm like, no, bitch, and I shut down, and I go back in, and it's like, everything is fine, I'm like, that's not good. No, that is, that is, (laughs) I would be having a full-blown panic attack, oh my god, I freak out if it, like, I, like, freak out if it, like, will shut out a tab without me doing it, and I'm like, oh my god, somebody's hacking my work, like, that would send me into an actual anxiety, like, I'd I'd be like, nah, nah, man. That's how my boyfriend is, I'm like, I need to be more like that, I don't know why, I'm like the most crazy psycho person on other things, like, I need to have this done, and then it's like, important things, and I'm like, nah, Otis is literally so pissed at me, because, hello, because he's been like, on the windowsill, it's like, and I've been opening it for him, and um, I had to close it for this, so I don't want all the sound come in. He was just like, ah. and last night, you'll die. So I literally live on campus at OU, and I so, like, the bars are literally right there. Like, I could walk to all of them. Obviously, I never go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then all these, like, really rich, like, I say rich because, like, they're literally driving, like, Range Rovers, Mercedes, like, live right here. And so this girl, it was like, I had the window open and Otis was sitting in the window and it was like 10 p.m. So like really early. And she was like walking back and she goes, oh my God, hi. And she starts freaking out. And I was like, this girl is my vibe. Like if I was drunk walking home and I saw a cat in a window, like game over. No, I know. my life. Or if I saw like, if one like crossed in front of me on the street, I'd probably actually take it home. Oh my god, my new apartment that I'm moving into on that street, there is a like stray cat that everybody feeds and he like hangs out and he has a little oh. bed and he's so friendly and I was just like it's meant to be. Okay. It is. Like, yeah. I like, have to two, be two is better than one. <laughs> Brian is like, well good, because we're not getting another cat. So just and I'm like, you think that Yeah. As of now, until he comes home one night. <laughs> Yeah, and I have, like, six more cats. It's fine. <laughs> My goals in life is to be yeah. a cat. So. Oh, anyway, lots of tangents. Sorry, I always just... No, we always have... There's always something to be ooh, discussing, so we're good. We're yeah. good. I'm so excited. This was this was needed. I'm, I'm so excited for this. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel like it's going to be such a good... I feel like people are going to be really interested because... I feel like everybody wants to know, especially like amongst us smaller creators, because everybody's like that talks about it is like huge. And so, but there's no one that talks about it. It's like in the in-between. So yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be so fun. Otis, you can't purr too loud if you're going to be right here. He can be our assistant. (laughs) I'm like, okay, it's a little too much. (laughs) I know my cat wanted to come in my little like office recording space and I had to turn her away but she was acting very cute so it was hard but 
Otherwise, they knock stuff over and they just yes. on the keyboard. And well, and I don't have doors in my apartment, which was a big mistake when I got <laughs> the cat because I literally have nothing to do other than the bathroom is the door. So like, I can't I just. I tried to put him in the bathroom once, like, which is, it's a big bathroom. Like, yeah, put all this stuff in there. No, he, he freaked out. He was pissed. I was like, you are so spoiled. Probably because I spoil you, but whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, because our cats, we have, um, we, yeah, like, same thing. We have, well, we have a couple doors, but then um, they are so bad with, like, food. So if we're all, like, if we're all home, like, my dad's home, my brother's home, we're all home and we're trying to eat the cats for some reason like will not leave us alone so they i just shake the treats let them into the bathroom which leads into like our basement area which is like finished yeah. kind of so like yeah our cats i'm like nope you're going in there <laughs> like leave really? me alone you're not stealing the chicken like just go <laughs> i know otis is like obsessed with people food he's obsessed with coconut aminos i can't every post oh. <laughs> and i'll get up for like 2 seconds and he's like full sprint he like winds up from here all the way into like this literal track and then he jumps up onto the table and he starts like licking the coconut I'm like get out of there who do you think you are like my, my cat does that with avocado like she'll come up and she'll yes. yeah she'll steal like avocado she'll steal it off my food or like That's off the counter what is that I don't know. That's why I had, like, I sent you guys, I sent, like, a couple of you guys the avocado toy. Because I'm like, this is too good to be true. Like, an avocado catnip toy. <laughs> he, my friend has a cat looks just like Otis. And it was, like, a kitten. Well, it was, I mean, you know, kitten relative. Like, yeah. three months, four months. He woke up. <laughs> and he had taken the entire whole ass avocado off the counter. Had brought it into her bed had eaten the entire thing. So her whole white comforters were like green. And she was like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, apparently avocado is not even good for cats. It's supposed to be like a not good food for them. Because that's all they want to eat because they want to do everything they're not supposed to do all the time. Just like humans. Literally. It's fine. Oh, oh gosh. Good. So funny. Well, yeah. That was, no, that was, I know, us and our cats and our computer issues and <laughs> everything. All, all the relating, all the relating factors. I know, yes. Well, I thought it'd be good to start off with the fact that it's, it's almost like mid-February, which is kind of crazy. I know. And so I wanted to start off because you did a post at like the end of January that was just perfect. Like it summed up everything that we all seem to be feeling, which was that January was just like a shit show. Uh, the energy was like so off. <laughs> Emotions were, were insane. Everyone seemed to be having insane explosive gut issues. Like it was just insane. So I'm curious, how has February been treating you so far <laughs> as, as far as all of those standards go? I feel like February has been so much better. I mean, there have already been ups and downs, but if you expect to go through life without ups and downs, I mean, we're not, that's not reality. So, <laughs> but it's been so much better. I feel like the energy and the creative energy for just us that have to do creative things has been so much better. I feel like across the board, even the posts I've been seeing, I feel like have been resonating with me so much. And the gut issues have been a lot better. Thank the Lord. I mean, seriously, that January was just rough. 
and so many things that happened were so sad and like I'm just glad that we're moving into the next phase and I think it was a really interesting month because I don't know in the past I've never remembered January being so incredibly challenging and I feel like it was actually a really good introduction to oh you have these new year's goals we'll try to maintain them throughout just January <laughs> like literally <laughs> so yeah definitely a lot better at least <laughs> yeah that's how I felt too I was kind of like I thought it was slightly amusing as I was you know half miserable <laughs> um about how <laughs> we all had so many big goals and intentions for 2020 to be you know the best year yet and then in January we were all just like flopping like fish out of water. I mean, it was, it was a good humbling moment, a good humbling month. So I agree that. <laughs> thank, thank God for February and this new time to start fresh. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, and you know, we obviously discuss this all the time and I think it's generally known with people with gut issues that those times of high stress, high emotional distress are not good for gut issues, whether, you know, you already have gut issues or they can provoke gut issues. So what do you do in those times when you are just like overcome by emotion, overly stressed, overwhelmed, and you want to try to prevent, <laughs> prevent that from, you know, further hindering your gut from flaring up, bloating, etc. Yeah, I think this is so interesting. It's actually been something I've been thinking about a lot because as we know on Instagram, or on any platform, it doesn't have to be Instagram, but when you bring something up, you're also allowing in a lot of feedback, which is amazing that people are so, you know, caring and they want to share with you what worked for them or what they're doing. But it's also hard because I think a lot of us want to jump to a diagnosis. So like, oh, have you tried SIBO? Oh, have you looked for Candida? Oh, have you looked for all of these different things? And I'm not discounting those because those are really important to check. But if you have just intermittent bloating that occurs coincidentally around times where you're incredibly stressed, I think it's a lot more important to look inside yourself. And so it's such a cliche kind of answer because there are things I do that help on top of that, just like for when you are already dealing with bloating. But honestly, it's like I have to de-stress in order to de-bloat. And it's like doing what works for you because that could be different for everybody. You know, I really like trying to just do my journaling in the morning, waking up and giving myself time so I'm not super rushed and doing yoga when I can, doing meditation when I can, but that may not work for some people. It may be as simple as going for a walk for you or listening to a podcast, like just doing anything to de-stress, especially around meal times. Some people need to be distracted during their meals so that they're not freaking out about what they're eating other people need to stop distracting themselves during their meal like myself so that you're actually not eating in 0.5 seconds <laughs> and causing yourself to blow so it's all about kind of tuning in with yourself where you're at slowing down especially around those meal times and then coincidentally today as of when we're recording, I'm releasing a video about bloating. It's more specific to recovery, like with from an eating disorder or disordered eating, but it could be used for anybody. And that also shares like all my actual product tips. And some of the ones I shared in my bloating book as well that we've talked about, but 
also just some other ones that I've recently been doing. So those are always helpful for when you're like already bloated and you're like, Hey, I can't just de-stress. I'm already a freaking balloon. Now tell me what to do. <laughs> no. And yeah, it's, it's sometimes just the lifestyle things that need to switch. So it's like, I found that more times than not this time of year, I've had to switch my usual, you know, higher impact, intense, uh, workout training sessions with just walking or just yoga, because it's not worth it for me to be bloated for the rest of the day because, you know, I'm just like pushing myself in the morning and I'm, you know, then rushing, like it just, it all leads into another. So I agree that it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Like giving yourself more time, grace, just trying to find like the lifestyle hacks to prevent the bloat from really setting in if possible or keeping it at a manageable, (laughs) manageable bloat, I suppose. But exactly. Well, and you said that with your video, it's more like recovery based with the bloating and something that I've been struggling a lot with lately. And I know our friend Avery from uh, Instagram has been, and you have been, I think so many of us have been is bloating, but on top of that body image with the bloating. So like, how do you work through it? Because I know for me, you know, I can be fine, not think about my body, just be comfortable with, you know, who I am. And then suddenly I get bloated and my clothes don't fit right. I don't feel right. I don't, you know, feel like myself. And all of a sudden my body image just goes down the drain (laughs) and I suddenly, you know, like lose all of this work that I've done on myself to reclaim body, positive body image. So how do you work through that when it does, you know, does happen? I know. I think this is so, so hard. I still think this is the challenge that I'm going through because it is so difficult when you feel like maybe even in the beginning of the week, you're feeling confident and you're thinking, wow, my body's looking better and I'm getting, I'm just getting more confident with myself. And then next thing you know, it's a day later and you're bloated and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so overweight. I've gained this weight. And it's so funny because it's physically impossible for you to gain that weight in one day. People like to think that if they step on the scale every day, they can see how much weight they gained or lost, which is literally not true. It's physically impossible. So that's the funny thing. And that is definitely something that has helped me not weighing myself. That is just, I cannot express enough how important that is in my opinion I think it's now been almost like 10 months since I've weighed myself and it's completely changed my idea about my body image but when you're bloated I think the biggest thing is making yourself feel comfortable so what are the pants that you can put on that you know are going to fit you know, you know that that is not going to make you uncomfortable. Don't put on your tight leggings. Even if you're, say, going out to dinner or something like that, find the comfortable jeans, even if they don't look perfect. And this is different for everybody because everyone has to tackle their bloating body image differently. But for me, I honestly do not want to look at my body. I think a lot of us want to obsess and you know, I've, I've done it. I take pictures and put it on Instagram. So obviously I do, but I don't want to be in the mirror seeing myself every second. Just kind of take a break from looking at yourself, maybe even looking at Instagram. Kind of just take a step back and think, okay, this is where I'm at right now. I don't need to have a lot more information coming in at me as to why I'm bloated, what I'm doing, what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right. I just need to sit with this and know that when I de-stress, this will pass. So 
that's what I've been trying to do. It's easier said than done sometimes, but I do think they help a lot if you can even implement small things. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. And I think especially what you said about maybe not going on Instagram too, because even if you can avoid, you know, like, you know, looking at yourself or if you can kind of get your mind off of the blow and the body image thing, uh, sometimes when you then go on Instagram and you're seeing other people's bodies, it immediately is like, oh, <laughs> that's not me right now. <laughs> I'm kind of ballooning up right yeah. here on the couch. So <laughs> that's, I found that to be, you know, those, the days when it's real bad, I'm like, I just, no Instagram for me today. Or, you know, I need to set a timer and say I'm getting off in 10 minutes so that I don't, you know, wind up in a black hole. But that's... <laughs> whole other thing but yeah I just wanted to touch on bloat because I think it's it's just something we so many of us struggle with and you've just been so open and sharing about it on Instagram and we actually had someone I sent it to you last night but they were like it's amazing how you know Mal's really niched down on bloating and like I think people just know you for that and they, they trust you and they know that you're a resource for it and a safe place. So I really wanted to touch on that because blow aside, you're a badass businesswoman. I mean, like, I mean, that's what you and I talk about a lot actually is just like, you know, we're both doing our own little side hustle things and you're in school and trying to, you know, create this future for yourself. So it is important to, you know, create, an audience that trusts you and goes to you for advice and information. And you've done that with bloating, which is, you know, ironic and amazing and beautiful. So wanted to touch on that. And then besides that, I just wanted to chat. So like, what is your whole philosophy with Instagram and YouTube? Like, what do you hope people get out of your content that you share, let's say on, you know, Instagram, for instance? Yeah, I think it's really interesting kind of talking about what you were saying about how I'm known for bloating, which I think is really cool because that's something that I've tried to niche or niche. Everybody says it differently. I know. (laughs) For me, everybody. (laughs) Niche into. But I think that a lot of the time there's this discrepancy between even what we want to share and what we need to be known for at that point in time. And I know that that's a little bit confusing, but something that we see a lot of the time is we want to be able to teach everything. Like we all want to be the Sarah's day. You know, if you follow Sarah's day, you know, she shares fitness, she shares life, she shares skin, she shares everything. She's a YouTube queen. Obviously I'm obsessed with her. Okay. But it's fine. Some people tell me I look like her sometimes. It's the best compliment I've ever gotten. So yes. Okay. Tangent. Um, But you have to realize that you don't have the audience yet that is obsessed with you like they are her. Maybe your family, but what can you bring to the space of Instagram, YouTube, social media that other people don't have or you see isn't being talked about in the way that you know you could talk about it? So for me, I was doing an Instagram poll one time on bloating. I randomly just shared it. And I remember it was when I was a little bit smaller of an account. I mean, not that I'm big now, but you know what I'm saying. And I had like 300 people say that they struggled with bloating and like 10 that said they didn't. And I was like, wow. Okay. So there's something there. Like this is something that needs to be talked about 
And a lot of us are silently struggling with, because I wouldn't have known all those people were struggling with bloating. And maybe that bloating isn't my end all be all. It's not what I see myself as in all of life. But you can so easily segue my true passions of intuitive eating and of food freedom and of, you know, releasing that fear around our body image and dealing with gaining weight. Those are all the things I'm super passionate about and those all tie into bloating. So I feel like when you see my YouTube or when you see my Instagram, I do want you to see that I'm a normal person, like just like you. I'm not going to be that person that shares serious content every single day or content about bloating every single day because it gets boring. Maybe I would grow faster if I did that, but I don't know. I just don't feel called to do that. But I want you to see, I'm talking about these specific issues that I know are your pain point because I go through it and I don't want you to feel alone. And then I want to be able to introduce the ideas that aren't as quote unquote sexy of terms like intuitive eating, food freedom, all that stuff into that so that my audience starts to understand, okay, maybe my real issue is that I need to be intuitive eating, but I really just want to fix my bloating right now. So let's just talk about that. And it will just build over your time building trust with your audience. So hopefully that made sense. It was kind of a ramble, but that's kind of how I think about shaping my entire brand is keeping in mind the pain point of your audience and speaking to that. And yet at the same time, keeping in mind your bigger picture and how will that, how will this point in time fit into that? No, that made complete sense. And I'm like smiling now because I, I definitely struggle where, like you said, like we, we all want to talk about all the things because if you're passionate about something, like, of course you want to share that. But the fact of the matter is I just sometimes feel like I'm a ball and chain going back and forth between this issue to that issue to that issue And it can be hard to find your voice, you know, really speak to an audience and really captivate, you know, get that attention. And it's amazing that you've, you know, been able to do it like that because it is true where like you, you have to build the trust with your people so that they, they come back to you. They know you, you know, they, they feel like they know you. And in some ways, like they do know you through everything that you share. And so I think it is really important to, yeah, it's like almost finding your like mission statement in a way. And going with that until, until like you are a brand and you can just expand, you know, endlessly with new topics, new discussions. So besides that poll, like, was there anything else you did to help you really like to say like, oh, I'm going to focus on gut health and stuff. Like, have you ever created like an avatar or did anything else to, you know, like associate with who your audience is per se? Yeah, I've never done the actual exercise of creating an avatar, which I think would be really good, but I've mentally done it. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? It's like you have that idea of who that person is is so ingrained in your mind. And it's most of the time it's very similar to you. I do like to think I'm talking to a girl that's very similar to myself. And I think I tried for so long to be like other people on Instagram and or just share what's typical or share what I thought was right. But actually when you start sharing the stuff that you would want to read and you would need to see, that's when you'll see success. I think people get mixed up between, there's a a lot of power in sharing, yes, what you're going through, but also 
if you're reading that message and it's maybe it's someone you don't even know, so you don't really, you're not very invested in them. What would you need to see from that, what they're going through to make it applicable to you where you would feel connected to them? It's different when someone's like, yeah, I've been bloating really bad and it's been a really hard week and I'm not having good body image. You can be like, wow, I totally understand. Like I've gone through that too. But what can they say to flip that script where it's like, I know that you've been here. Here's what I've done. Here's what I'm doing right now. We're not alone in this. And let's move forward with this because we're all struggling and we can get through it by doing these things or by remembering this. And it's like, you have to flip that script just a little bit so that people don't get, not bored, but so that people get involved, whether they know you or they don't. That's the thing. And so I was just trying to remember that as I was going through and figuring out all of this stuff. And I started to just see this trend with the bloating and also of people that would message me and talk to me about it, but they wouldn't reach out to anybody else or they wouldn't share it, which is okay. I mean, not everybody needs to share, but that's when I knew that it would be a pain point that not a lot of people were discussing and a place where I could really capitalize. And it may not even be something that's publicly seen, but when you're able to connect with your audience in a way that feels intimate, maybe something that isn't public, that's when you really have magic happen because you make them feel like the thing that they're not getting to express, the thing that they don't get to share is the very thing that you're addressing and it makes them feel like they have in relationship with you, even if you've never even messaged with them or talked to them in person. And so that's why I was so passionate about bloating and why I saw such an opportunity there. And it's also because I've gone through it and my friends had gone through it and my family had gone through it. And a lot of people, even in my life and in my circle in real life, not that Instagram isn't real, but you know what I'm saying had also been going through this struggle. And so I think that when you think about who your audience is, the people that you're around a lot of the time, don't forget that they're also your audience. So just picking their brain and knowing that they can also provide inspiration based off their own struggles as well. So. Yeah. And I love that. And I think it's almost like the idea of, you know, it's, it's great to just share, but it's also great to share something, you know, in a caption and, while providing for the person that's reading it, you know, so it's like a a call to action, which we've all heard before, or, you know, tips or advice, or kind of like an affirmation of like you were saying, we'll get through this. And, you know, that's something else I know I've lately been really trying to take a deeper look at my captions and be like, what can I provide with this? Because it is great to share. And sometimes you do just need to share. Sometimes it's just a story of like, you know, I, you can't relate that to anybody else. Like if it's with, you know, something very personal to you and you can just share. But then other times I think it is important to remember your why, your purpose and provide something for them so that it it does make them, you know, likely to come back. It makes them feel more attached. It really makes them feel more involved in the entire process. So I think that's like a, captions are so powerful. They can, you know, do more than a picture. So it's so important to really look at them and, you know, ask yourself what you want from them. And like you said, sometimes it is just like a fun little update on your day. Like my caption today was just me rambling. Like it's just, it's just a fun Sunday caption that I threw together really quick. 
Whereas two days ago, it took me like a while to really think about like, what do I want to say in this one? So it is, you know, as with everything, a balance, I suppose. But yeah, captions are a big place to capitalize your audience with and on. So feel that. Yeah. And I think what you said is so important too, because that's the thing. I'm not saying any method is wrong because it should just be authentic to what feels good to you. But I'm one of those people that I go through ebbs and flows. Some days I honestly just want to go on Instagram and read a simple little caption on a piece of toast. Okay. And that's sometimes what I feel like sharing. And I don't think that that's a disservice or stepping outside your niche because you just want to share that that day. You're a intricate person. But I also think that then when you share a post that you think about a lot, say it is a call to action, then people are very receptive. And or when you share a post that is a what you're going through post that only comes around every once in a while, people feel so connected to that because you're being vulnerable. And so you're showing the intricacies and the differences between you as a person which is what's so powerful because then instead of feeling like you're looking at a completely curated feed, you feel like you're going through that person's life with different captions on different days. And that's honestly what I think we're looking for now in social media more than we used to be is feeling like we're actually following a person, not a quote unquote influencer or a public figure or whatever it is. People want to be connected to someone that's just like them. And so I think that's the power of having the ability to share different things. No, definitely. And I know for myself included, whether I'm looking for someone to follow or I'm looking for a podcast guest, it's just so important to me that I can read the captions and get an idea of who they are. I mean, I don't care how pretty your pictures are. If your captions, you know, don't allow me to see who you are, like I can't, I just, I can't follow along you know what I mean and it's it's like not every caption has to be that in-depth thing it's just like you know if you scroll back a bit like I should be able to find a couple captions where I can get a look into who you are as a person you know how you interact with your audience etc etc so I I agree and you know it's interesting because you know I have my podcast and you have your YouTube and it's so crazy how when you start these different platforms everything shifts like you know, you have this audience on Instagram, you kind of have an idea of how to communicate with them, what they want from you. And then you start a new platform from nothing. And it's just kind of like, whoa, what do I do? (laughs) So, you know, when you were starting your YouTube, what were some of the, you know, things that came up for you as far as like starting from scratch and really having to go back to square one and say like, hey guys, if you could support me on this, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, it's so crazy expanding into other platforms and I don't I don't think people even recognize how much of a challenge it can be. It seriously has to be something that you truly love. You can't go into it for monetization or for money or for brand deals because in truth for most people it does not happen that way. And you could have an Instagram following. I've personally seen someone that's had an Instagram following of over like a hundred thousand followers. And she tried to go over to YouTube 
And because the content was barely anything different and she didn't know how to niche, she literally only had like a thousand followers. So, or subscribers. So if you think about that, think about that conversion, that is super low for the amount of quote unquote audience that you have on Instagram. So it is a totally different platform and it's a totally different way of looking at things. And I always try to do kind of a diverse amount of content on YouTube and yet still make it specific. And I'm still really trying to figure this out. And it's hard because YouTube just takes so much time. It's not like putting together an Instagram post. It's planning it and then filming it and having to figure out a theme if you're doing a vlog or having to figure out the talking points if you're doing a story and how to shift the camera to keep people interested and in how to edit and whatever. I won't go through the whole thing, but it's just so much time. Like it could take me, I've had times where it would take me like 30 hours just to do one video, you know, and that's a lot of time. And yet sometimes you'll get a hundred views. <laughs> so that's the crazy thing. And that's because you're not tuning in to either platform. So I've recognized that there are certain things that my Instagram audience will be willing to go onto YouTube for. For example, when my first video was about my eating disorder and that wasn't something I'd shared and opened up about. And so all of the people on my Instagram platform, not all of them, but a lot of people were interested in that story and still went and watched it. That was also a good video for YouTube because it's something that a lot of people like to watch. People love to be connected, as we said. So that's still something that will steadily grow. Another example of a YouTube video is the Sarah's Day Body Bloom review. So that right now for me has 20,000 views, which I have 500 subscribers. So that's not a lot. The reason why is because it has been ranked at the top of that search when they put that in. It's been ranked in Google. So people are constantly looking at it. And then because an audience retention rate was high, sorry, I'm throwing out terms, but that's basically just how long someone watches that was then suggested by YouTube and so it got sent out to people. So that's an example of a video that's more YouTube oriented. And then there's that fine in between where, okay, I've recognized on YouTube, people really like when I talk about recovery stuff and when I talk about basically struggles with eating disorders, that kind of thing. And my Instagram audience sometimes is interested sometimes not. But if I post that on YouTube, the combination between having something that's able to be searched, like overcoming food fears, with the interest of some of my Instagram audience that can kind of boost that initial view by finding it through my Instagram, will create at least a maintainable view average that is still good in helping me with growth. So it's very confusing, I feel like, especially stepping into the space and having to slowly figure all these things out because I've made a lot of mistakes. But when you get into it, it's really fulfilling because as a creative, you can utilize different parts of your creativity and foster different ideas and things that you want to do and put that energy towards different platforms and show yourself in a more comprehensive way so that people feel even more connected to you than just if they're reading an Instagram post. So that's like, I'm fascinated by it because I don't know anything about YouTube. So I was like clinging on to everything you said. But so I am curious, like, because as I mean, we were just talking about this last night and then you brought it up, just the idea of like, you can't 
go into these things with the wrong mindset because it's, you know, you might as well just kick yourself. Um, so did, like, did you ever find yourself becoming a little too attached to the numbers? Because I know like for me, it was hard. Like I went into the podcast with good intentions, but then like you spend the time and the hours and you buy the equipment and you do all this stuff and then you put it out in the world. And it's, I mean, it's, and like, unless you have a very actively engaged audience that's going to transfer from one to the other, um, you know, like I saw that with Rachel Mansfield, but like, you know, she hustled for four years to create an Instagram following that would transfer to a podcast. So it's like, for me in the beginning, it was so hard to see the numbers and just, you know, I, I didn't know what I was expecting, but they weren't what I was expecting. And it was just, it took me a while to like work through that and be like, okay, I'm not doing this for the numbers. So like, did you ever, you know, go through that? Did you feel that? How did you work to change the mindset from being about the numbers to being about what I'm providing for people? If you experienced that. Yeah, I totally experienced that. And I think that that is harder even then on Instagram, I think we've all gone through the period where we get sad and we don't get as many likes or crap like that. But honestly, Instagram is so variable. Like you really don't know how that's going to happen. So I'm like, I don't even care. But the hard thing I think about YouTube and podcasting is that you feel like you have a lot more control over why it is successful or why it is not. And that's the thing is on YouTube, especially I could just beat myself up for hours of like, well, why did you use those tags and those search terms? And that didn't get optimized because you did this wrong. You didn't say it enough during the video. And there's just so many small intricacies and you can care so much. And as I said, it's like, if you spend 30 hours, which I know you can spend on a podcast too, doing all of the buildup for that. And then it doesn't get any views. It's so hard. And especially on YouTube. And I know that podcasting, there's like other little things that also make really challenging. I'm just not in the space, but on YouTube, you can literally see how much more successful other people are than you. Like you can see someone that started at the exact same time. And right now they're monetized. There was a girl that hit a million subscribers after one video, you know, that's totally the minority, but it happens. And that's the hard thing is not sitting there and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not getting views, blah, 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 blah. Because most people on YouTube and on podcasting, it's a long game. It's not an Instagram short game. Like you, it's not going to happen like that for most people. And what I have to fall back on is every single small comment, every single piece of support, every message I get on Instagram that says, your video helped me or your video made me feel less alone. Honestly, that is what I live for. Because when you think about the numbers, it's like, why would you care if you got a million views, if that video didn't positively impact anyone's life in the way that you want? And I'm not saying like, there's such a place for entertaining videos on YouTube and that positively impacts someone as well. If you're making them laugh and if that's your way of expressing yourself. But for me, I'm here to help people with their relationship with food. I'm here to help people feel better to recover. And that's the way that I should be connecting with them. And so that's what I need to measure my success as versus measuring it with views and things that truly don't represent what my message and goal is because I could get a million views and 
10 of those views could be my ideal audience or my ideal avatar that will then convert into what my main goal is versus I could get a hundred views on a video about breaking your binge cycle. And yet maybe all a hundred of those people are the same people that will then convert and be on my Instagram and be active and be engaged because I made an impact. So it's still hard, but that's what I always try to remember throughout the whole process every time. Yeah. And I think that's also important, you know, something to bring up is as creatives, you know, I, I wish people understood how much those little messages, those little comments, those, you know, little rates and reviews mean because they can literally turn a shit day into an amazing day. Like I get one little message from someone. I have no clue who they are. I spend like as long as it takes to just, you know, talk with them, discuss like, what do you like about the show? You know, like just thanking them and just showing my gratitude because it means so much. Like one comment, one little rate, one little review, one little message. Like not only does it support our show, it actually does. It, it just, it also supports us. Like it reminds us, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Like, okay, that's what I'm doing right. That's what I should change. Like, it's just so important to fall on those to really, you know, uplift ourselves and, you know, they help support the show too. So that's something I'm always trying to share and spread word about and just really make people like aware of too. Well, and I love that you brought this up because it's been something I've been thinking about a lot and I've seen a lot of messages and I think we hear this a lot on Instagram, on YouTube, on whatever it is about engagement and, you know, going back and forth and engagement is everything. Okay. I'm, I'm saying that right now, but I know we're all busy and I'm not saying I'm more busy than other people, but at this point in my life, I have a lot of time where I'm doing other things. I'm still on my dietetic internship currently, like the time that I'm gone. Cause I have a long commute is like 6am. So I wake up at 4:30. I have to leave at 6am and then I'm usually there until 3.30. It's an hour commute both ways. So then I go work out. And so you get home at like 6. So it's basically like a 6 to 6 that you're gone. And then at night, I try to do everything for my videos, planning my posts, which I don't think people fully can understand the time commitments. But it's basically no time rest. So I work seven days of the week, all day, every day, like which I love it. So I don't care, but I've seen a lot of messages about how, okay, you need to respond to every comment. And I used to hold myself to that. And oh, I literally will, I've like shed tears because I feel so guilty not answering every comment. What I've been trying to realize is it's answering the comments that are meaningful, you know, answering all of your DMS, every single one, having a conversation with that person that takes the time out of their day to message you about how you impacted them. I mean, that's a lot to be said. And if you can replace that time of sending that person a one word, thank you response with having a meaningful conversation versus answering every single DM or sorry, every single comment on a post like looks so good and you respond back thanks like yes in ideal world we'd be able to answer and do everything but if you can't remember to do the things that are more impactful because that's what will make a difference people aren't going to remember when you respond to their their looks good comment as much as they're going to remember if you took 45 minutes out of your day to have a full conversation with someone about something they were struggling with 
that's where you build that magic with that person if you don't have the time to do it all or the money to hire help to answer all those comments. So, yeah. And I, I say this all the time that it is so much about prioritizing and living with intention. Like, I mean, I, I know I, I have some privilege in my situation of having, you know, more time than others, but still like there's so much you can do if you just prioritize and like put intention behind it. So it's like, as you're saying, like, those comments, you know, of people that are just flying through commenting look so good. Those are not people that are generally looking to make connection because I'm telling you what, like I, if I'm, you know, if I actually want to connect with someone, if their post really speaks to me or their food looks actually amazing, I'm going to say more than look so good. You know, like there's going to usually be something that you can like some meat to it, like something that you can really talk, discuss, uh, answer back to. And it is about like in, just like putting the intention behind it of I'm going to foster a connection with this person in my DMS because that person is probably going to continue to support you time and time again. And I have like a handful, so many people that I have no clue who they are. I don't follow them. They follow me. And yet they are constantly supporting me. They're always commenting on my posts, meaningful things, or just like, you know, sweet messages about my food, whatever. They're the ones that are sharing the podcast. Like, they're the ones that matter to me because they're the ones that are, you know, actually in it for the long run. And I think it is. Yeah. Like, like if you don't have the time to do it all, which who does, um, prioritize your time, like prioritize where you want to invest your energy and your time and your money, you know, in other senses of, you know, the work. So I think that is just like something to keep in mind of, you know, what matters most to me, to my business, to what I'm trying to grow, like who who deserves my attention? Because not everybody deserves your attention all the time. Yeah. And that's the thing is time management is everything. And I dealt with this a lot in college. I mean, I think anybody going through college has to deal with it. And honestly, coming from college to just working quote unquote regular hours, it was like a dream. It was so, I mean, it was so much easier, but now there's such a difference because the hard thing is, is I just care and love this so much. And I have such a big vision for where I want this to go. So it feels like the stakes are so high. And every single time I don't, I'm not successful, or I don't get to work the same amount that I wanted to or whatever. It's such a mental game and like beating yourself up. And yet it's so true is you just have to be able to prioritize. What things can I do to alleviate the time that I need to do the things that matter? You know, like for me, I pay for a laundry service because I don't have laundry in my apartment. It takes me like three hours to get it done. It is literally $8 more to pay for the laundry service than it is to go and do my laundry and spend all that time there. It is the littlest thing that makes the biggest difference in my entire weekends, in my day. And it's all of those tiny little things on top of staying organized that are what are going to allow you to make time for the things that truly do matter. Because I have learned firsthand from even during this time that you cannot do it all. You can't optimize every single finance, answer every comment, do everything perfectly on Instagram and YouTube and in your internship and for a friend and for your family. It's impossible. You have to make negotiations in each place 
and figure out what's important. Otherwise you're literally going to explode. (laughs) Implode. And like, I think with that though, there can be a lot of guilt of, you know, like, oh, I'm spending money, you know, on a meal service delivery. Well, you know, it's either that or you're eating no food or eating shit food because you don't have time to cook. Or, you know, I feel guilt for not posting on Instagram a day. And it's like, well, I can spend half an hour or more preparing, posting, replying, you know, like getting this post live, or I can make myself a meal for later, or I can, you know, crank out some podcast editing. Like there's so much guilt that can be associated with, with those decisions of prioritizing. And I think that's just part of it though. You know what I mean? Like you have to learn that, like you said, you can't do it all. So it's just best to, if you can release that guilt of not feeling you know, good enough to do it all because it's, it's just not practical. I know. And I think the interesting thing that I've seen is lately, and I'm sure you get the same thing, but on, as I've grown over this past year and now a month, which is crazy, it's been like a year and a month. And I wouldn't say my account is a big account, but everything is relative on Instagram, on social media. It's like all about the impact you have. So it doesn't matter. But whenever you have growth, there are always going people, people that ask. And I think that this plays into what you were saying, because I've noticed that when you release this guilt or this perfect idea of what things should be, forcing captions, forcing video ideas you think will work and all of that different stuff, it actually, it's literally like people can feel it. You know, they can read that post and they will just know it's the craziest thing. And I have no idea how that works. I mean, I believe in the energy transfers and all that, but you could present the same exact post with the same caption and be really into that post that day versus not, and it will perform differently and you will grow differently. And I think that's the hard thing about when people message asking about how you grow and there's all the obvious things there's the engagement there's consistency there's all those things that are important so we're not saying like me and you both would not say like oh just only post when you feel like it so post like one time a month (laughs) but at the same time you cannot just force these things because people can detect it and I swear that the times when I actually grow is when I share authentically and when I just feel called and last I plan all of my posts. Cause right now I'm in my internship, as I've said six times and I can't post during the day. Like I'm in a hospital. They'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) Excuse me, miss. (laughs) So I use um, a, a service called buffer. It's pretty inexpensive. I'll probably only use it for now, but I love it because I'm able to, plan my post ahead of time. It literally will take me like six hours at least every time. But, um, I literally last week had that bloating episode. And so I wanted to post it. So I shifted my entire week just to plan those extra two posts and the amount of response that I got from that. It's just, it takes that extra time, but it's so worth it. And literally people can feel it. I saw from that picture growth after that point in time that was completely unexplained. And it's just, 
we try to make it so that things can happen perfectly and so that we can have the perfect answers of how to grow on Instagram and all that stuff. But all the information is freaking out there and everybody can have it. You can listen to a podcast, you can watch a YouTube video. The same information saying how someone grows is out there. But the reason why people grow and why everybody is an influencer is because certain people are authentically themselves. They share what feels good. They have that magic of really caring. That is what promotes the growth. It's not as simple as just taking these little steps in order to really get that and achieve that. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, if there's one DM I don't reply to, it is the one of how do you grow? Because I'm just like, there are 101 million resources out there of how to grow. Those are things everybody knows. Those are things everybody does. You can do them and you can, you know, Godspeed be with you. Uh, the things that really drive growth are just what you said. It, like, it's honest to God. I talk about this all the time with, you know, others too. It's just like, there's something about that energy of if you're feeling a post just like deep in your bones, in your heart, like it's just something that's, you know, it's not forced in the slightest. It does amazing. Like, like you said, you can actually see growth. I mean, people, you know, reshare it on their stories. Like you, you wouldn't even, like things happen that you wouldn't even think happen. And it's just amazing it's an amazing feeling and it's an amazing thing to experience because the more that happens, the more I let go of control, you know, because it's so easy to just be so wrapped up in an aesthetic and wanting to control, you know, when you're posting and what you're posting and, you know, set goals, all this stuff. But if you can just, you know, breathe a little and say, okay, I'm, yeah, like you said, you shifted your entire thing to share that, you know, post and it just did wonders for you. And I've had the same thing where I had something you know, plan to post, everything ready to go. Last minute, I scratch it, type out what I'm feeling, find a picture that relates to it, take a picture, whatever, and like blows up. Like that's just what happens. It's, it's something about being so authentic, so real, so honest, just like tapping into that energy that we're all feeling. I think that's an important part because you'll be amazed by how many people are like, oh my God, I'm going through the same thing. And it just, yeah, blows me away time and time again. So I think that like, if you want to grow, that's it. Like tap into that authentic self and just like speak from the heart, speak from, you know, that energy that we're all feeling whatever moment in time it is. So. And I think this leads into a big point that will most definitely be controversial, but you know, I love going there. So I've seen a lot of, I think that when we're on Instagram and when you don't look to other platforms, say YouTube, say your own like business on the side or a podcast or whatever it is, and you try to monetize only on Instagram, a lot of people, especially if you've grown it on Instagram, or even if you're pretty small, it can start when you have a few followers will get lots of brand outreach. Like even at our Instagram size, you will get people that message you every single day asking you to try products or to do a paid post or to do all these different things. And I'm not saying that any way to do this is bad or wrong. I'm just saying something I've observed is that a lot of people that have decided to build their business more on Instagram and start posting brands get confused when they go from high engagement to lower engagement. And the thing is about brands that people may not understand is as you grow and get higher and higher, it may start as an exchange for products, which is a little bit more flexible. And then that will grow to product for a post. And 
that will be maybe paid. So that's another step, but it can get bigger and bigger and there'll be scheduled days that you need to post. There'll be approved captions. There'll be talking points that you need to do as you get higher up in that realm. And if you went from being a creator that authentically shared what you cared about and what you loved when you were feeling that to being someone that's accepting all of these brands for payment and you have a brand in every post and your every post is a talking point, it's just not going to work that well. And I hear a lot of people say, oh, well, I only work with brands I believe in. And to be honest, to spill some freaking tea, a brand you believe in is not a brand that has ingredients that you're fine with. A brand you believe in is something that you would freaking use every single goddamn day, whether or not that person was going to pay you or not. For example, I did a post with go macro what they did is they sent me two boxes there was no payment and i did a full video i have literally used go macro since i was in seventh grade i did a full video reviewing the flavors i didn't even have to try them all because i genuinely have eaten every single one and i did not care if i got paid or not because i freaking love that product like it's just it's so hard and i'm not saying any way is wrong but I've seen people do this so many times and being so quote unquote confused as to what happened. And it's like, what happened is that you, you strayed from what your original beliefs were and your original reason. And you put that time and energy now into products and brands and your audience is going to feel the difference. I mean, that's just as simple as that. And it's not right or wrong. It's just something you have to recognize if that's the route that you want to go in expanding and taking this into a job, if that's what you want to do. So, Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, we've both seen, I'm sure everyone listening to this practically has seen someone that, you know, you're following for a bit and you can sense the shift or... What I've also seen happen is, you know, someone's really like starts out, like you said, just off the bat, they gain momentum with doing these brand partnerships. And when you are doing a post around a brand, you speak entirely different. My captions, including a brand partnership, sound like a different Emily typing because I know how to do copy for a brand so that it is enticing. So it's captivating. Like I know how to use keywords. Like I know how to do that shit. When I'm talking from my heart, like, words fly, you know, like it's just so different. People can sense that. And when you build an audience on like all brands, all like that's all you kind of do. And then, you know, the well goes a little dry, brands aren't coming to your inbox as much and you have to start like creating your own content. I've seen people where it's suddenly like they're trying to write from their heart and I'm like, who are you? Like, I, I, it doesn't make sense. Like you can't, you know, be like, brand, 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 brand. And then all of a sudden you're trying to be like this authentic lifestyle person. Like, I don't, I don't vibe with that. Like it doesn't connect to me. And so I think it's, yeah, like it's just kind of being careful of, you know, like not over committing to something or like not putting all your eggs in one basket. I suppose you could say it like that, like find a good blend. And like you said, only do things that like you really care about, like same as you ancient nutrition. We were talking about them the other day. Like I love them. They asked me to be part of their ambassador thing. And it was like, you could choose, uh, you know, like if you were getting paid for it, if, like they had the different options. And I was like, I'll just take product. Like, I'm so excited to work with you. I just want to build a relationship. Like, I just like 
there's no strings attached for me. You know what I mean? Like if you generally love doing something with YouTube, with podcasting, with Instagram, like you just do it because you love it, because it lights you up, because you want to make an impact. Like, ah, I could go on forever, but yeah. (laughs) No, exactly. And I think this is the other thing I wanted to bring up with this is the comparison game on social media and especially amongst creators. People don't understand how much this happens and I've fallen into this trap. And it can be on any front. It could be with their brand deals, with their page, with their following. I found myself feeling like I just don't understand why that person has so many followers and such high engagement. Like their content just doesn't do it for me. Instead of thinking of it that way, think, wow, how amazing is it that they are speaking that strongly to their target audience? How can I find my target audience that I can address that way to get that much engagement? Like good for freaking them, especially when they're spreading a message that's still good. You know, it's still positive. If you see that with a really negative account, I mean, that's a little bit different, but you rarely see that too. And then at the same front, I know people that I feel like one of my stronger suits is understanding like negotiations, brand partnerships, payments. And that's why I pretty much do none because I don't like how the exchange goes most of the time. But anyway, I've know people on Instagram that could be getting paid like thousands of dollars a month based off their engagement and their audience. And they do almost no partnerships. And yet I also know people that are very small, don't really have that great of an engaged audience, maybe don't share that great of a message, and they're making like a consistent income off of Instagram. And we can all compare like, wait, why did they get that partnership or why did that brand reach out to them when I have more followers or I have this or that? And it's honestly a waste of our time. It's just thinking about, okay, what do I want to share that I believe in What can I bring, not copying that person, but finding my own spin on it? And then also think about the creators that you look up to, not only at your, think about lower follower level, who do you look up to? Middle follower level, like you're same, what do you like about other accounts? But then also reaching high, like who do you just so respect in the space and what are they doing with their account? For example, one of the people that comes to my mind is the Naked Kitchen. That girl is just so authentic and so real all the time. And she literally has said before I get offers where I could literally make this my basically full-time job with her following and with all that she does, but she doesn't because she likes to share authentically. And that's the freaking magic sauce. And that's someone I look up to versus an account that maybe is like, you know, there's all those beauty influencers where literally every post they have is like them in a new Revolve outfit and they get paid a million dollars per like post. Freaking good for them, but that's not your model. Who is similar to you that shares a message that would maybe kind of around the same lines of what you would want to share with your own spin and what are they doing? So yeah, I think that's, a very interesting thing that people maybe don't think like we all think comparison trap. Oh, I'm comparing my body or this, but amongst creators, I think we can all say that the biggest comparison can be with your best Instagram friends and people that you talk to every day and just not understanding what you're not doing quote unquote, right? So a hundred percent. And it is the worst feeling when, you know, someone you're friends with when, you know, you're just, like you, you love them. Like they're your friends, you support them endlessly. But you know, some days you just find yourself in this 
you know, bad place. And yeah, like the comparison trap sets in and like, it's not a good feeling. And you and I, you know, we both believe in energetics, like the, you know, power of energy and all of that. And I'm a firm believer in that too, of just like, you attract what you put out. So like, if you let yourself stay in that low vibration, you know, comparison, I'm not good enough. What do they have that I don't have? Like all these low emotions, low energy, like nothing, like it's not going to come in. And it's kind of like, I compare it to the idea of like the abundance and scarcity mindset of like, if you're just constantly chasing after something and like, you know, just, you know, it's like you, you feel like that low, you know, like I'll never have it or I don't have enough, like any of those, I don't know. I always just keep saying low, but like low emotions, low energy. Like I just find that nothing comes in. And then it's the times when I'm just like, you know, it's like I, I'm supporting other women. I'm not caring about the numbers or the, you know, not falling into comparison or I'm just, just kind of living, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing and focusing on what I'm providing, not what I don't have that, you know, I'll check my inbox and, oh, there's like three brand partnerships, you know, (laughs) I might agree to one and it's just for product. But like what matters is that, you know, you can choose to spend your time in that constant state of comparison, worry, scarcity, I'm not enough, my work isn't enough, or you can just choose to, you know, work through it and say, yeah, like you said, work through it, say, what are they doing that I can improve upon? You know, like, how can I use them to inspire me rather than just fall into this black hole of, you know, what, what am I doing wrong? Like, I don't know. It's just a mindset shift. It's flipping the script. It's really like deciding how you want to feel, you know, what type of energy you want to put out there. And yeah, I think it's a process, but it's important too. Yeah. I remember in a podcast, Angie Lee of like the Angie Lee show, she was talking about this and saying how, when she was going through her whole process and kind of going along with other entrepreneurs that were doing similar things in her space, she got to a point where everybody else was starting to create this, their books and she really wanted to do it, but it was just not aligning. The timing wasn't right and everything wasn't going right. And she spent a day just feeling so down, you know, feeling like she wasn't at the same point, like she wasn't as valid, that she wasn't as good. And instead she, the next day, cause sometimes it does take a day. We can't be perfect all the time, but she just flipped the script and she messaged her and she was just like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited for you. And she honestly believed that in her mind. And sometimes you don't fully believe it. Honestly, like sometimes I look at some Instagram posts and I want to be happy that they got 2000 likes of a picture of them talking about nothing, but I'm not. I'm not, but if I tell myself, you know what, that's awesome. That's amazing. Good for her. Just keep reminding yourself over and over and over again. And then the next thing you know, she had the idea for Pays to be Brave, her paid or her paid, her huge event that literally has 3,000 women come to it. And it would not have happened if she hadn't released that pain and that fear around not doing what she thought she would be doing. And I've seen that happen so many freaking times in my life. And just, I think we can all recognize that. And it's the same cliche of just believing that it will all happen in the perfect timing. And I've even thought about this a lot lately. It's just, I am so passionate about being a dietitian and I'm so happy that I went down the path, but 
with today's day and age, you could be a nutritionist and no one would care. Even though you have no real training, it's not the same thing. And I wouldn't have had to take out loans and spend an entire almost year on an internship not getting paid at all. And I could be doing the same thing that I want to do in the future of running a business and being an entrepreneur if I hadn't gone through this, but I know that I would not be on the same path. You know, I wouldn't have been in Oklahoma and realizing all these things about truly what the world is like and then moving to Austin because it's right next door. And it's just like remembering that when we start to release the control of our perfect timeline and plan, whether that be on your posts, on Instagram, on YouTube, on podcasts, in your life, that is when the things start to fall in place and the creativity and the opportunities come. We just so badly want to force it and feel like we're in control. And it's so funny because this is literally me to a T. So I'm not hating on anybody, but literally we think that we can control our life. We are literally the most opposite of control in every single part of our life. It's so funny that we think this because we have no control over what happens and not to be sad, but it's like, look at even Kobe Bryant dying. No one ever would have expected that. And that's what it reminds us. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are, how healthy you are, how unhealthy you are. We just do not know what can happen in our life. And it's just relinquishing, rel- never say that word, but you guys <laughs> control. And that's when that all comes into place. And it's the same crap of that's how you grow. That's how you blah, 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 blah. And you guys are like, yeah, we get it now. <laughs> but seriously, it's so, so true. And I just don't think you can enforce that enough. And I just think we need to enforce it because I know that amongst our uh, follower range, I guess, a lot of people are wondering these questions. and. I don't think there's a lot of answers for people amongst our range of followers. And I think this is the best message you can get, especially in the space right now with how many people are trying to break into it. And yet at the same time, it's not saturated. It's just, you have to go at it with that true feeling of letting go of control, being your authentic self and just accepting everything as it comes. Yeah. And I think it's also just, yeah, like truly seeing that everything, everything happens for a reason. Because I'm similar to you in that, you know, when I left college two years ago, my whole idea was like, you know, I'm going to, I had like a whole game plan of where I would be today. And, you know, fat chance of that, because I'm, you know, I'm still like, I'm like, when is the big moment going to happen where I reach my, like, I'm done. <laughs> like I'm getting tired, but, um, but it's just so funny because, you know, a while ago I had just the, this thought come into my head of like, if I would have just gone to school to be a nutritionist or, you know, said degree, like I, I could have been doing this on the side. Like I would have been more well off. And then I'm like, shut up. Like, no, if I had been in school, I wouldn't have, <laughs> been able to go to Texas and stay with my Instagram friend whose husband helped me get diagnosed with hep C and like, I wouldn't be healed. Like the craziest things happen and you don't know why, like you don't know why you, you know, this conversation happens or, you know, you meet this person or you go on this trip until later on down the road and you look back and you're like, wow, you know, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. 
but there's always something to learn. It's always pretty much meant to be. And like, I don't know, it just, it does help. Like when you can just kind of let go of control and stop obsessing about the numbers, about what's going to happen, about an aesthetic, about any of that, like life just becomes a little bit easier, a little bit more manageable. So yeah, we'll, we'll, I hope this like got it into people's heads. I think so. We've been talking about authentic and (laughs) speaking from your heart enough that I think people will get it now. (laughs) Yes. I know. They're probably like, okay, I've heard enough. Goodbye. Yes. (laughs) We've heard enough. Yeah. Well, if anyone's still tuned in and still listening to us, which I think they will be, we had, that was very interesting. Um, Where can people find you? And I mean, you have YouTube, you have Instagram, you are always up to something. (laughs) You're always, (laughs) always doing something. So people should follow you and just see what you're doing. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm Mal's Fit Kitchen, which I feel like you guys can spell it, but M-A-L-S and then Fit Kitchen. And then on YouTube, I'm Mallory Page, but usually if you search Mal's Fit Kitchen, it still comes up. I'm, it's supposed to be like that. Sometimes it doesn't do me like it's supposed to, but it's supposed to be like that. And then if you do want more information, which we talked about this on the last one about the bloating, I do have the free bloat book. I'm hoping to have something even extending on that coming out soon, relatively soon. But also, yeah, just DM me, reach out to me. As we said, we love answering all of our DMs. So that's, I feel like the best way to reach me. And I'm always just there to talk, to hang out. And I honestly just love being able to connect with everybody. So what an episode. I told you guys it was a long but good one, and I know if you're listening still at this point, you really loved that. So if you did, find Mal on Instagram at Mal's Fit Kitchen. I'm on there at Emily Feichels. Let us know your thoughts. If you liked it, go ahead, share it, tag us. We want to connect, and remember that giveaway is going on. So if you leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, mention Mal's episode, and you'll be entered to win a free tub of either the chocolate or the vanilla ancient nutrition collagen peptides. Both are insanely good and nutritious, and it's free, so you know the deal. And as usual, I just really hope this episode resonated with you. I think we really talked on all levels, so whether you're a cat fan, a computer struggler like us or you're you know you're dealing with bloating body dysmorphia instagram creating content work time management whatever it is i'm sure you could find something to relate to and we want to know what it was so let us know and tune back in next week for another exciting episode bye guys